Hello, everyone. Welcome back to I'm Not Selling You Anything, sponsored by The Sastronauts, a sales bricks community. I'm your host, Brian Montoya, and this week we have Jeff Swan. Jeff's been in marketing and sales for the past 15 years and recently founded Outbound SOS. Jeff was nice enough to join us to answer our six questions. Stick around, give it a listen. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Let's just jump right into it. What do you do at Outbound SOS? So this is fun. Um, what I do and what I achieve are two, th- uh, two kind of related things. Is okay. What we do here is we get every member on a sales team to 10 plus meetings booked a month. And that's not from inbound. That's not from partner leads. I'm talking intentional, chosen, handpicked leads in their funnel every month from outbound sales. And the way we do that is actually through interactive group coaching programs, such as the meetings program, which is your, your base level. If, any, if you're booking less than 10 meetings a month, then you want to go through the meetings program and get over that hump, over that 10 plus meetings. So you segment them a little bit, right? Under 10 you meetings, segment. you're in this group, over 10 meetings. You're, you're in the next group, which is about pipeline. So now it's taking those 10 meetings and turning them into enough actual pipeline, so enough revenue in order to actually meet your revenue targets. So the first motion is understanding how to book the meeting. The second motion is about how to book the right meeting and how to get the deal sizes up, that kind of thing. And then finally, um, once we're, we're pipeline generation machines, we want to develop a playbook so that not just today's reps can, can really fill their funnel, but everybody moving forward can fill their funnel with that uh, sales playbook. So um, those are kind of the three programs that we have. And they're really all designed around the same one thing is filling your funnel with enough pipeline to meet your revenue targets and doing so at will. Sounds a lot like your podcast, right? Yeah. Crazy, right? (laughs) Sales podcast, the fill the funnel, right? Absolutely, buddy. You could tell we're really focused here, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're you niche down, dog. I see. I love it. All right, great. Thank you so much for that answer. Now we have a little bit of an idea of what you do. Jeff, your next question. What's the biggest problem your team is solving over at Outbound SOS? Realistically, the biggest, the high level is that the biggest problem is that you're not booking enough meetings to hit quota. Okay. And you might have really great months. You might have uh, one where you book 30 meetings and then the next one you're booking zero or you're booking five or something like that. Um, we solve to make sure that every member on the team consistently books enough meetings to hit quota, okay? And the way we do that is to by solving the top three problems that most reps have. The number one problem is that they're really unsure where to start, who to target and what to say, okay? So a lot of reps that I work with before they go through our programs are just lost. They don't know. They're given a list. They're given a phone number. They're maybe given some really cool tech, but they don't really know where to start. And so they end up just going at their list, just willy nilly, or just like random. And they're just going to go from the top of the list down. Maybe it's alphabetical, maybe it's whatever. And then they're just going to go, 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 go. What we do is actually teach you how to be methodical and choose, prioritize your outreach based on the people most likely to get in your funnel and most likely to become long-term profitable customers so that you're not wasting time on those low value deals. What's a metric that you use to identify that sort of high value 
high value individual? I don't want to say target. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good question. Is that we have actually a qualification criteria, which we call qualification, triggers, and tie-ins. So qualification is looking at firmographic or demographic information. So things like your job title, your role in the company, okay. how long you've been in, in, you know, how much experience you have, how long you've been at the company and your role, that kind of thing. Okay. The company now you're looking at what vertical are they in? What, how many employees do they have? Revenue bands, all the things that you'd be able to find easily on a list tool, like seamless.io. Okay. I, uh, okay. Um, so that's number one. Um, number two is triggers when you're looking at actually understanding what real-time indicators are on somebody's LinkedIn profile, website, you know, Twitter, what have you. A signal that, of sort. A signal of some sort that indicates now is the right time to reach out to them. So it might be that they're hiring new SDRs. When somebody's hiring new SDRs, I want to reach out to them and let them know that, hey, we have a program right for you, right? That we can help ramp up those SDRs. And instead of waiting, you know, 90 days plus, you're, you're ramping them up in 60 to 90 days instead. Okay. Right? What to say is, is the other part of that that's really important. The challenge that a lot of people have is that, okay, so you get somebody on the phone. Yeah. What do you actually say to them to actually entice them to get into the meeting? Oh, you're supposed to say something? You're supposed to say something. Oh, believe it or not, it. Brian. Okay. I know. Well, I know. That's why I'm, I'm marketing now. So. Groundbreaking stuff, right? Um, is that a lot of people are hesitant to even cold call because they don't know that what they're saying is going to be relevant to their audience. Is this that tie-in piece? It's the tie-in piece. You got it, buddy. It's okay. the tie-in piece. So I got a little sales in me. You, you know this stuff, right? Um, so the tie-in piece is actually looking at the language, what words they use, what phrases they're using, what is the actual quote that they're saying in that trigger, right? So what's the actual quote that they're saying online? Brian, I'm having trouble getting my reps to 10 plus meetings a month. Okay, good. There's the, the verbiage that I'm going to use in my own. Are it, it's, it right. seems so easy sometimes, right? But it just, it's really not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's like, it sounds easy, but it's the execution of actually how you do these things. That's the challenge. A lot of people know what they need to do. Some people are even good at doing it themselves, but teaching their reps how to do it is a totally different environment because a lot of times you have these amazing top performers that can book 30, 40 meetings a month. And then the rest of the team is sitting there at two to three. Right. How do, how do you instill that type of, to me, it's about discipline, Jeff. I wasn't very well disciplined when I was doing the out and out sales role. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what differentiates the, obviously the doers from the not doers. I, to me, it's about discipline. So how do you instill, or how do you get that across to, to these reps that are booking the two to three, the ones that you actually are talking to? The one that yeah. So, well, there's a, there's a number of, of reasons why um, people don't hit their number, right? And there's a number of reasons why those top performers do what they do. Um, what I find is most successful and most helpful throughout my entire career in managing mm -hmm. sales, marketing, and sales development is that if you bottle up the best of the best, you bottle up the sales plays that people do that get success every time. So you look at your top performers, you look at your CEO, who's the should be, if not is the best sales rep in the company. Um, you know, the, the head of sales who obviously comes with tons of experience and tons of, you know, wins, there's a success formula there that can be applied to everyone else. And the way that you do that is you tap into the success that's already there. 
and you teach it to the other so that they know exactly this is the exact play that gets me success every time. I just wanted to switch up a little bit kind of to the LinkedIn world here. I know that you have a substantial following in LinkedIn. It's, it's, uh, it's, and I am one of them. Your question <laughs> is, how did you gain your following on LinkedIn? And what advice would you give others trying to do the same? Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go back to what you said earlier is that um, the, there is no actual secret to it. It's putting in the work every single day. It's posting, it's commenting, it's engaging with my fellow uh, followers offline. Um, what I'm trying to do when I go online is I try to build real relationships with people. What I've learned is that when I engage with people, when I'm in communications with them, they're following my stuff, they're liking, they're commenting. And the more that I engage with people, the more people like, comment, and, and follow. And more people share. So it's not necessarily some like secret or anything like that. It's more right. about- it's not, it's, not, it's not A, B, A, C, A, B, B on the Sega Genesis controller. No. Get, it's not the blood code. Got it. No, it's not the blood code from Mortal okay. Kombat. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is the, there's a very, very basic stuff. And it's just what we said in the last question, right? It's that these are things people know. They just actually have to put in the works consistently. Now, with that said, though, there are some tricks in how to write your content, okay? So it's really important that you focus on um, practical stuff people can use while also showing your human behind it. So I've been noticing, Brian, you've been, you've been upping your game on the content recently, doing some TikTok videos, things like that. And like, you're really showing the human. I'm getting to know you better from your content, which is great. And then when you have something to say, I want to hear it because it's, it's not just uh, helpful, but it's also entertaining. Right. I'd like to, yeah, that's one of those things that I'd like to be better at uh, bringing the value. Right. I know that I can be creative and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and entertaining in a way. Right. And that does get the clicks. It'll get that human side of me. That's who I am. Right. But it is about bringing that value that, that I think you bring in spades every time I'm on your page, I find something useful, whether it be actionable that day in an email or something, or something that I just take with me throughout the week. I just know that it is, I know when I'm on the Jeff Swan page, it's, it's going to be something that'll be useful. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that, Brian. Like um, to, to what I was saying is that uh, I have a religious, <laughs> like basically it's my religion to make sure that everything I do is valuable. So like the way I teach people how to do email sequences or, or not multi-touch, multi-channel sequences okay. is that I make sure that every single touch point has a value. So even though people are big fans of the any thoughts bump email, I'm sure, are you familiar with that? Yeah. I am. Okay. So I've used it myself, but I don't like using it as much. And, th- and the reason being is that I always want to make sure that every touch point has a value, has a reason. So that when somebody gets a, a communication from me, it's going to have more value than I should be giving you. Got it. Got it. Okay. And that's every post, every cold call, every, every uh, social message. When I reach out to somebody cold prospect online, I'm giving them something well, well before I ask for anything. It's that, it's that, I think before we started recording, we were talking about the cultivating and being like, Hey, Jeff, are you a green thumb? I'm a green thumb folks. And it's about kind of like putting that work in before actually grabbing the tomatoes or grabbing exactly. the peppers. Right. Or like, I think the one that uh, I, I want to say it's like Josh Braun, it's about kind of making deposits yep. before you withdraw. Right. Yep. That's a really great answer, Jeff. Yep. Um, 
Now I wanted to switch over to what, you know, a lot of what we do is, is we're in SaaS, right? We're in yeah. the software world. Jeff, what is the most challenging part of buying software? Okay. So the challenging part, and here's the reason why my company exists, is that the most challenging part is the split function of SDR and AE. The majority of buying experiences in SaaS that I've seen have been somebody qualifies and they do the bait and switch. Okay. So they rapidly book a meeting with me based on a specific uh, pain point that I'm trying to address. Yeah. Right. And then I want this. Yes, I'm looking for a good data provider. Yes, I'm looking for a sales engagement platform, that kind of thing. And then I'm immediately transferred over to somebody else without any notification whatsoever. There was no meaningful handoff between the first step and the second step. So I actually teach people how to run the the handoff play. The concept here is that when you do that handoff from SDR to AE, you make sure a couple things. But number one, Okay. Do not, do not make it a repeat. Do not ask the same questions. Make sure if you're an AE that's been handed off by a BDR, make sure you read the notes, make sure there are notes and make sure that you know that you're not asking people the same thing again and again, because that's a broken buying experience. It makes people feel like you don't care or that your company is incompetent. <laughs> Okay. There's, there's a nice gambit there. Worst case scenario, they think your company's incompetent. They don't want to deal with you. Best case scenario, they're just annoyed that you haven't trained your SDRs to do notes and your AEs to read the notes. Okay. There it is. So that, that handoff is the most grading part of the process. You think, right? It's sort of like the no, no conversation between the BDR and the AE and what the buyer uh, ends up having to do is say the same thing two, three, four times, because you know how convoluted these sales cycles can get when it is a, a larger organization. Thank you for that. A, a quick follow-up on that one. Let's say I'm an AE, and, and, and remember, I'm not selling you anything. Yeah. Um, if I'm an AE, what piece of advice would you give that AE trying to, to sell you their, their product, trying to, 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 get you, to get you on board with, with what, what they have? I'm going to say... Uh, be an elephant, not a crocodile. Okay. So if you look at those two animals, what's, what's uh, something that sticks out? (laughs) Uh, Okay. An elephant, uh, an elephant, obviously enormous, quieter, a crocodile in the water, ferocious, making a lot of noise. (laughs) That's, that's where I'm going. Okay. I'm going to go a little more practical here. Okay. (laughs) So uh, elephants have humongous ears and great memories. Crocodiles have no ears and tiny brains. (laughs) Okay. So a crocodile is going to go out there and snap, snap, snap. They're going to bite. They're going to try to eat. Okay. Uh, An elephant is going to sit and listen and think and then act. Fantastic. Be an elephant, not a crocodile. That's a great answer, Jeff. Thank you so much for that one. Here's one that is uh, is kind of for the times. In light of COVID and the remote work environment, what has changed the most for the sales process? Oh, I think that there's been this amazing light shine down on field sales. So field sales or traditional in-office salespeople, uh, sales teams, is that suddenly we had everybody working from home, from their beds, from their you know home office, from their kitchen tables, and somehow they managed to do better. The majority of the reps that I've talked with and I've worked with have done better 
since going on their own and being on their own. So what's happening is that managers are recognizing that we don't have to micromanage. We don't have to be there to be in every little thing for reps. Okay. But at the and, and, and the reps have realized that with that extra freedom that comes from being on my own and doing it, that I'm able to be creative and go out there and do things. Um, now, those are the positives. The negatives okay. now is that now that everybody's going uh, working from home. So example, I know pharmaceutical reps who used to just drive around and go and fly around. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now they are sitting at the desk, just like me and you from home prospecting. So everybody is going through the same channels, email, phone, social, email, phone, social, maybe direct mail. Okay. So now there's no more, there's more noise. So now you have to be more creative in getting a, your prospects attention and turning them in meetings booked. Another thing is that now, and this is an old phrase I learned from a, a, a really, really amazing sales trainer, mentor of mine early on in my career. Okay. But he said that if they're not building pipeline for you, they're building a different pipeline. Can you guess what that pipeline is? Someone else's? A new job. So one thing that I've also noticed is that the loyalty and uh, has gone down and as an SDR, if you're, if you're hiring SDRs, if you're hiring AEs, you're hiring people at that level, okay. there's a much greater onus on you as a leader now to provide a really excellent switched on environment that stimulates rewards and keeps people engaged. Because if you don't, then they're finding something else. And it doesn't matter if they're hitting their targets. It doesn't matter if they're making money. If they're not happy with your company, if you're not listening to them and you're taking their feedback so that you can do something with it, then you're going to be losing people rapidly because now they're working from home. They're not beside you. So one of those fears that sales leaders have of them not being in the office is true, is that if I'm not watching you, if you're not there, then you're free to do whatever you want, wherever you want. And a lot of times, if I'm not listening to you now, yeah. and I'm not treating you like a valued member of the team, then guess what? You're going to bounce, right? That's a great, I mean, it's about, I think the point that I'm grabbing from that is just the, uh, the emotional intelligence needed now is center stage. You need, your, your leaders have to have a high level of emotional intelligence to be able to keep these disparate employees, right? Your sales reps, they need to know that you are, that you are on board with them, that, that you understand them. And, and it's not about like, just come and hit the number because there's so many jobs out there. There's so many different opportunities out there. And like you said, I'm at home and you're not paying attention to me the whole day. I could get my job done in three hours. Yep. What am I doing the rest of the day? Maybe I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm looking at these people talking about how much they really appreciate their leader how, how, how high they are in emotional intelligence and, and how well they feel and appreciated they feel, how valued they feel. You really got to put up. You can't just talk it. You got to walk it. So I couldn't Agreed. agree with you more. Jeff, we've arrived at the final question. Yeah. It's everyone's favorite question. Here you go. If you could have a gigantic billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? All right. So what it would be, is, uh, I don't know how you would do this without uh, Nike suing me, but I would say, just do it. Okay. Just F and do it. Like just a gigantic letters, like big, bold letters that say, just do it. And the concept of the billboard 
is to get up off your ass, stop thinking about it, stop suffering prospecting paralysis and just get down to the work you need to do because the people that are killing it, the people that crush it every single day, they don't, they might not have the best tools. They might not have the best skills. They might not have the best training, but they just get out there and do it every single day consistently and they perform. That's a fantastic answer. It reminds me of, it was a, it was a, it's sort of like, even if you don't know what you're doing, get out there and start. So mm-hmm. it, there was a tweet that I saw. It was something like <laughs> the person that you admire doesn't know what they're doing either. Right. So you never really know. You just have to go and start because startup founders and, 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 and SaaS world, anything, it's about putting that first foot forward and just jumping in and, and getting after it. Um, and I think it's uh I think it's a fantastic mantra to, to just do it. You know what, Ryan, I, you know where I got that from, actually, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give you a little secret is I actually got that from my university professor for Salesforce management. So it's not like it was funny. It I've obviously Nike made it in the seventies or, or whatever else. That so was just do it. Meaning go update the CRM. Uh, no, no. <laughs> just, just, just do it. Go out there and just get the job done. People have been doing this job for decades, for centuries, with like a phone book and a phone, maybe not centuries, but you get the idea, yeah. right? You don't need all this crazy tech. And I'm, I'm going to switch now to talk to the reps that you don't need all this fancy shit to get the job done. You have Google and you have a phone. That's all you need. Now, if you have all the other stuff, fantastic. You're golden. Icing on the cake. Icing exactly. on the cake. Jeff, exactly. fantastic answer, man. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to the end here. And I just, I, I, I've been a fan from afar and, and now to have you come up and yes, this is still, uh, you know, we are, we are miles and miles apart, but I have you on a screen very close right here. And, and it's been an absolute treat having you on Jeff. Thank you so much. Talk to you next time, bud. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Woo! That was that. Thanks again to our guest, Jeff, our sponsors, The Sastronauts, and to you. There's literally a million podcasts out there, and you made it to the end of ours. As always, feel free to drop a like, a subscribe, or tell us how we can improve. This has been I'm Not Selling You Anything, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time out. See you later!